Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. Well, I'm on location in Washington, D.C. as I record this, and I want to talk to you about the new Pope. As the world now knows, the 266th Pontiff of the Roman Catholic Church He's, he's decided to take the name Pope Francis, and uh, he's from Argentina, and it's a very, very interesting choice. As I shared with you not too long ago, uh, the scuttlebutt, the background politics, the, the, uh, the news out of the Vatican, the leaks indicated that the Italians wanted the papacy back. Uh, we've had a, had a German in Benedict XVI. Uh, the week before that, of course, we had John Paul II, who was from Poland. Uh, so you had a Northern European pope, but you did not have an Italian pope. Haven't had that for about 40 years. And the scuttlebutt was that the Italians wanted it back. Now, my Roman Catholic friends will warn me not to think too much in terms of politics. They they believe the Holy Spirit is involved in these things, and they get a little bit resentful when we speak of uh, Vatican politics and uh, uh, just sort of power politics defining these things. I, I of course, accept what they're saying in the sense that I believe the Holy Spirit is involved in almost everything. But but the fact of the matter is that the, the Italians did want it back, and some of the leading Italians even said as much. Um, the, the church did not choose, the curia, the cardinals did not choose uh, a young reformer. And that's what's really interesting. The Roman Catholic Church is dealing with unbelievable scandals uh, throughout the entire world. Uh, it's dealing with um, sort of a, an upheaval within the Vatican itself, uh, gr- great tensions and conflicts and, um, and criminal activity. Even the Pope's own, uh, the recent Pope's own butler has been charged with crimes. Um, that include taking the Pope's papers off his desk. Um, the bank is in scandal. The mafia is all shot through the banking of the Vatican Bank. Um, it, re- it really has been a mess and an embarrassment. And that's aside from, of course, the pedophilia scandals among the priesthood. So what, what many people expected is that we would have a younger Pope, um, a young reformer, uh, perhaps a little bit more moderate theologically, uh, certainly uh, more of an outsider uh, who would come in and have many, many years to uh, make a change in the, in, the, in the structure of the church. Well, instead, the man chosen is a 76-year-old man. Now, uh, whatever other benefits may be, uh, may be coming into the papacy with him, and we'll talk about that in a moment, uh, the fact is they did not choose a man who's going to have many, many years uh, in leadership. I mean, when you appoint a 76-year-old man, you're not thinking in terms of 20 years uh, like you might have been with a younger man. Granted, popes tend to be older, of course, because they are sort of elder statesmen within the church. Um, But you could have had a man who was younger. Certainly John Paul II uh, was younger when he was appointed, and therefore there was almost a quarter century of his papacy and and much energy put into it. Um, This man, though, uh, Pope Francis is doing some very interesting things. Even though he's not going to have years and years and years of, uh, of leadership, uh, the fact is that he is a man of the poor. Uh, he is a man who has worked in the quote-unquote third world. Uh, he's a man who's known for having deep compassion for the handicapped and the, and the infirm and the poor. Um, he has already said that he wants a, a, a poor church uh, for, uh, that is turned towards the poor. 
Uh, it's very unusual, very, very odd given that the Roman Catholic Church uh, per capita is one of the uh, wealthiest organizations in the world. Um, and, and I think it's also interesting that he has demonstrated this in, in such practical ways. Um, when he left one of the installation ceremonies, uh, he did not get into his papal limousine. Instead, he went and got on um, one of the Vatican's buses uh, where all, that all the cardinals were on. They had a you know, bus to take all the cardinals back to um, where they were going after the ceremony. And, um, and Pope Francis got on that bus rather than in his uh, you know, private sort of semi-stretch Italian-looking Mercedes. Um, very, very interesting. He stopped and hugged uh, people who were uh, infirm in wheelchairs, on crutches, uh, who uh, were obviously mentally ill. He, I don't think this is just theater. I think the man seriously is uh, turned towards the poor, turned towards the needy, very much has a heart for that. That's a, that's a good sign. Um, however, a couple of different factions are going to be very disappointed with this man. Uh, first of all, uh, the, the people who were hoping for some degree of theological liberalization uh, are not going to be happy with this man. He is a conservative's conservative. He is an old school South American Roman Catholic. Um, and Roman Catholicism in South America is, is for the most part, the mainstream version anyway, uh, is very conservative, very old school. In, in his opening talk, his speech that he made uh, upon being announced, upon all of us hearing the words, Habemus Papam, we have a pope, um, he was very Roman Catholic in his, uh, in his proclamation. Now, I know some of you are giggling. Well, of course the Pope's Roman Catholic. No, no, what I mean is he was alluding to Joseph as symbolic of the church because he took care of Mary and the Christ and, um, and talked about the Josephine obligations upon him in the Petrine office, meaning that, you know, him in the shoes of the fishermen, as they say, uh, and the descendant of the Apostle Peter, you know, would have a sort of a Joseph's office kind of thing, that kind of responsibility. Very interesting, very old school. I don't think you would have heard John Paul II saying this kind of thing. So he's signaling that he is a conservative. Those who are who were hoping for uh, someone who might uh, liberalize the issue of uh, uh, the marriage of priests, marriage by priests, um, gay rights, um, things of that nature. Uh, abortion? No, it's not going to happen. This is a, this is an old school Roman Catholic. He is as theologically and socially conservative. I would say socially on these on these major moral issues, um, as socially conservative as John Paul II or Benedict ever were. Um, and I think where you're going to see the most liberalization, so to speak, um, is uh, in the area of turning towards the poor, giving to the poor, being concerned for the poor. Uh, perhaps the way to say it is not so much a Northern European church of, of um, sort of that, that style and approach. Um, that kind of, not, not materialism, wouldn't accuse any pope of being materialistic, but certainly an accommodation of a European lifestyle. Uh, this man, Pope Francis, has worked in, amongst the South American poor, and I don't think he'll ever uh, allow the church to go uh, further northern, uh, further materialist, uh, further sort of baptizing um, Western secular values. So uh, he's good in that sense. But anyone who is hoping for a change on gay rights, anyone who is hoping for a change on marriage, anyone who is hoping for a change on abortion, anyone who is even hoping for a change uh, on major issues of Roman Catholic doctrine, I think they're going to be uh, sorely disappointed. Uh, so what the church has done um, is essentially elected another transitional pope. 
if you've read my writings or you've read my book or you've read uh, heard my recent podcast, uh, I believe that um, that Benedict XVI was sort of a heroic transitional figure. He knew he'd have to dissipate the attention and the excitement that had been given to uh, John Paul II. He knew the next pope would be would by definition have to be something of a letdown, have to maybe let the pressure out of all the attention and all the grandiose uh, hopes and aspirations. Um, and so uh, Benedict XVI was the perfect man. He wasn't uh, telegenic. He wasn't uh, dynamic. He didn't speak English very well. He wasn't going to, you know, hang out with uh, hip-hop groups, <laughs> you know, and try to learn their dance steps as John Paul II did. Um, he was a transitional figure. He served. He resigned. Uh, he did some good. More good needed to be done. The church did not bring on a young reformer, perhaps a little bit further left than the previous popes had been. No, they hired an old, not hired, I'm sorry, forgive me for that. They, um, they appointed an older, um, almost the same age as Benedict XVI, um, an older pope. And the, great, the good news, of course, is that he's from the third world, so to speak, although I'm not sure uh, you know, that, that anywhere in South America is really totally third world. Um, but but, but they, they did not bring on a man who's going to have a 20, 30-year reformist papacy. Uh, there, there are two things I want to urge you to do. Uh, one is I want to urge you to get the movie uh, The Shoes of the Fisherman starring Anthony Quinn. I think it's amazing that that movie almost tracks exactly um, what this pope intends to do. And then, because this pope has named himself Pope Francis, named after Francis of Assisi, I want to recommend that you get G.K. Chesterton's book on Francis of Assisi to really understand what this pope intends, to really understand who Francis of Assisi was. Um, there's even a silly movie from the 70s called uh, Brother, Son, Sister, Moon, which uh, all incoming freshmen at my Christian college used to watch. Um, and it was quite shocking because for some of them, from, from some of the students from conservative backgrounds, um, St. Francis is seen nude from the back at one point, and this was shocking. I say shocking to these people. But uh, the movie's a little silly, but it does give you some sense of, uh, uh, of what was going on with St. Francis. So uh, G.K. Chesterton's Francis of Assisi, um, the Brother, Son, Sister, Moon film, and then the older movie starring Anthony Quinn, those of us who are older will, will remember that actor, um, which was The Shoes of the Fisherman. Fascinating. You want to pay attention to the papacy. You want to pay attention to the Vatican, uh, even if you're opposed to it, even if you're theologically opposed to it, as most Protestants are. Uh, the Vatican does shape the world culture in which we live. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author, a popular speaker, a frequent faith and culture commentator on CNN, Fox, and Huffington Post. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Faith of Barack Obama, The Search for God in Guinness, and Lincoln's Battle with God. You can learn more about Stephen at mansfieldgroup.com and connect with him on Facebook and on Twitter under the name Mansfield Writes. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is produced by Isaac Darnell, who also wrote, performed, and produced the Rockin' and Rollin' podcast theme song. This is a Chartwell Literary Group production.